0: CHAPTER TWO TWO DAYS LATER Miller hiked up the mud-slicked path from the beach
1: until he was within sight of the house, then veered off the track and trampled through bushes and brambles, the air dank and vaporous, wetting his clothes. The sky was jammed with rain clouds, skimming low over a turbulent sea. There was no moonlight to speak of, no trace of any stars. He emerged at the edge of a sheer cliff, the rock face tumbling away into darkness and the sound of the waves striking the shore far below. The deck was a metre in front of him, maybe half a metre up. The timber was greasy with damp, set almost flush against waist-high glass panels topped with rounded aluminium rails. And Miller was a big guy, a heavy, clumsy brute of a man. He was no kind of acrobat. He leapt out and hooked his forearms over the railing, jamming the toes of his boots against the glass. The panel shuddered. The timber flexed. He experienced a fleeting moment of weightlessness, of terror, before his momentum carried him on, pitching him forwards from the waist, his backpack lurching sideways as he rolled over the rail and slammed down onto his hip. The wall of glass at the back of the house loomed over him like a dark mirror. Scrambling to his feet, he stalked forwards and cupped his hands, peering in, at blackness, at nothing. He was just reaching sideways, poised to try the door handle, when someone grabbed for his arm. Miller reacted very fast, swinging round and sweeping a leg, pushing down.
0: Ow! You're hurting me! Kate,
1: what are you doing? She booked against him.
0: Let me go! Get off!
1: Miller released his grip and staggered away, his limbs taut with adrenaline rigour, a sour, metallic taste swamping his tongue. Kate lay on her side on the deck. She was wearing grey jogging pants and a pale vest top. There were spots of blood on the
0: vest. Miller said, I told you to wait in the house. I couldn't. Not with him in there. Where is he? Upstairs. And the gun? I dropped it. Okay. Miller turned and looked back at the house.
1: Okay, he said again. His mind was racing, and so was his pulse. He could feel it twitching in his neck. Are you sure he's dead? I think so.
0: Why the doubt? I've never killed anyone before. Wait here. He slid the door open. The lights don't work. I think he cut the electricity. Miller eased his backpack from his shoulders
1: and removed his torch and his gun. The pistol was a SIG that had been acquired by Hansen in the way of all contraband that Hansen was able to acquire without alerting the unnecessary authorities or troubling with the appropriate paperwork. The SIG was box-fresh,
0: hardly fired. Miller only hoped he could keep it that way. On the same night, at the same time, a young man called Patrick Lee was looking out over Manchester. He
1: had a spectacular view... The city was all lit up. He could see office blocks and apartment towers and street lamps and the distant street glow of motorway traffic. But he wasn't enjoying what he was seeing. He was absolutely petrified, because he was upside down, suspended by his ankles, several hundred metres in the air. Two men had dragged Patrick out from behind the dumpsters at the back of a department store where he'd bedded down for the night. The men had punched and kicked him, then bundled him into the back of a windowless van where one of them had gagged him with a foul-smelling rag and pinned him down while his companion climbed into the cab and accelerated away. If Patrick was scared during the journey, his fear spiked when the van came to a halt and he was thrown out onto the ground in a fenced-off construction site on the edge of the city. In the small hours of the morning, the site was completely deserted. There were shadowy diggers and dump trucks abandoned at all kinds of angles. There were concrete mixers, pneumatic drills, and eye-shaped metal girders everywhere he looked. Without saying a word, the two men bound Patrick's ankles together, wrapping them over and over, first with bandages, and then with metal chains. After that, the older of the two men, the fat, balding one in the crumpled suit and tie who'd driven the van, walked to the tower at the base of a giant crane. The man opened a door and stepped inside a caged elevator, punched a button and straightened his tie, and Patrick watched the elevator zip up into the sky towards the distant operator's cab. Patrick had begun to moan then. He'd started to thrash.